0: up everybody welcome to the whiskey sessions podcast this is amats here with b pimp we are talking episode 158 B Pimp, how's it going with you
1: it's going great we're finally starting to get some spring weather in chicago so i'm very happy
0: i am happy for that we were just in austin texas where one of the days was about 92 degrees yeah it was uh quite hot i wasn't quite expecting it Uh, i feel like we were terrible parents because our 11 month old baby even got slightly sunburn. Uh, and it went away like immediately, but I was like, Oh my God, you can't let a baby get sunburn. <laughs> what uh, was the whole family doing in Austin? Uh, we were visiting some friends we hadn't seen in a while. It was somebody that Maggie went to grad school with, oh, cool. um, and it was nice. I, I feel like we haven't done any travel for non family in forever. Um, so it was mm-hmm. nice to just have like that long weekend in there. And I really like Austin.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I, that's a city on my list. I've never been there. I've never actually been to Texas at all.
0: Wow. Well, I don't mean to do a hard transition, but Texas has two baseball teams. They do. Uh, and we are talking about baseball in this episode because the season j- just started. Yep. How I'm are you, f- the of it. we confident. are, how, uh, how are you feeling for the Sox? Um,
1: I'm a little iffy about them as always, because I like the fact that they got a new manager who, who seems possibly competent, but they, um, followed up like a promising start against the defending world series champion Astros with getting clobbered by your Bay Area's own San Francisco giants.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I was just in downtown, and we're recording this a few days before releasing it. I, I saw some Giants jerseys, but I also saw a couple of White Sox hats, and I was like, "Oh, that's what's happening today."
1: Interesting. They they did a number on the White Sox. It led to a pitcher getting released already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, the Mariners are off to their uh, classic disappointing start. Uh, so we'll see if they're able to turn that around. I mean, they did last year, so I'm not too concerned.
1: Yeah, uh, it's I'll
0: very say. early. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about in honor of this baseball season is our top five moments in baseball fandom. You are, uh, if it hasn't been brought up one time, it's been brought up a thousand times, a White Sox fan. Yeah. I'm from Seattle. I've been a, a Mariners fan. Do you have any moments in your top five list before we kind of get into uh, to our whiskey that are non-White Sox
1: no, I don't. I could have I am a honorary Mariners fan thanks to you and I'm also kind of a fan of like the Tampa Bay Rays a little bit here and there like there's certain teams where I just like them more than others but I just stuck with my my uh
0: my burden the White Sox. What What is it about the Tampa Bay Rays?
1: I like the fact that they are they have an owner who refuses to spend money but they still are very competitive all the time because they're just like smarter than everybody else.
0: Mm. That's kind of like how the A's used to be, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are no longer frequently competitive.
1: They're the, they're the, uh, the new version of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Occasionally competitive. If even, <laughs> uh, I do still love going to A's games though. And I'm excited for it to warm up a little bit because we went to a game with the kids at the end of last season and it was a blast. So I'm excited to go again. Uh, all right. I have a whiskey for the whiskey sessions podcast. Uh, and this is called fistful of bourbon. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of wow. what you want, right?
1: It is. Yeah, I like to drink bourbon out of a balled up fist. Yes. Uh,
0: so it is. Uh, they advertise that it blends five straight bourbon whiskeys. It's just a mash of stuff. Uh, it's forty-five percent alcohol by volume. Um, it is. Let me find out, like, who made this thing. Uh, it's bottled by William Grant and sons in Edison, New Jersey. It's not exactly your classic whiskey state, although you probably want to be a little bit whiskey drunk to just be in that state. So I guess it's not a bad one. (laughs) Uh, so I am going to put this in my glass on the rocks. It was yeah, it was one of those cases where I went in a liquor store, like a small liquor store that didn't really have a, a lot of options. And it was after looking over what they had, it was one of the few that I knew for sure I had not had. So I said, let's give it a go. Uh, I think it's, it was for 750 milliliters. I think it was right around 28 bucks. So fairly cheap, That's not bad. but not, not crazy cheap.
1: Was it in uh, a glass case? No, uh, you didn't go to the thing with store. I, no. I was remembering your last one where it was like $12 and it was behind
0: you no, know, <laughs> <flash. laughs> yes. no, no, no. This was, it was behind the counter, which I think also it would have been impossible for me to steal it. Unless I was like, just aggressively going through that store. And then only took that one bottle of bourbon and left. Yeah. This liquor store also has a turnstile to get into it. Mm. Yeah. So they're, they know that if they were a, a wide open liquor store, stuff would get stolen.
1: That reminds me of our old, um, that thousand liquors. Remember that when you used to have to go there really late and they had the ID thing at the door that you had to scan your ID. Oh, that's right.
0: Huh? I had totally forgot about that.
1: Only the true alcoholics were over there. Cause it was open till like four or 5. AM. And then when the bars would close,
0: yep. you could go there. Uh, all right. I'm going to give this a smell. It smells. It smells. It's, it's got a little bit of that sweetness that I might expect from a bourbon spell, even, even a little more sweet than your typical bourbon. Almost it looks a, a little darkiness. Dark.
1: Yeah. It looks a little darker too. I don't know if that's my,
0: yeah, it, or, but... it might be my camera. It It's not too dark. Oh no.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see Maybe the, the middle nice range. Now.
0: Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Folks at home, I'm recording this on a laptop that is nine years old, that it still works. Is a miracle.
1: And he's in a sewer for some yes. reason, So it's really dark.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the, the webcam or the cam on it is like terrible. Uh, all right. I'm going to give it a first sip.
1: All right. The first sip of the fistful of bourbon. A sipful fistful of bourbon.
0: bourbon. It has an interesting tingle sensation going in, almost as if it's secretly partially carbonated, which it's not. I don't think that
1: would be a twist.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have like a lot of punch to it, but again, kind of like a, an odd bite that I wouldn't really expect from a bourbon. It's also not giving me much of a warming sensation, which is what I would like from a bourbon. Oh yeah. The sweater on the inside. Yeah. I don't want to shoot it down yet. Um, because there's also nothing particularly offensive about it, but it is, it's a little bit different than I would expect. If it was going to be called a fistful of bourbon, I would almost, I would think it would be uh, a little more typical of a bourbon, especially if they're just mixing a bunch of bourbons.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Although maybe the mix is what is leading to
0: that. Yeah. Second sip took a little bit more this time just to make sure I. Got a decent mouth coating of it. Getting your money's worth. Yeah. Thinking about it just a little bit. Deep thoughts with Jack Andy. I, uh, oh, I just read Jack Handy's book.
1: The one I told you about, about the Island.
0: Yes. Uh, what is it? It is, or no, maybe it's not the Island. No, I read what I'd say to the Martians and other oh. threats.
1: Yeah. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. That's funny. He's a great uh, man. Definitely is. All right, I'm going to take a third sip to make that decision. I am I think I know which way I'm going, but I, I want to be sure of that and make sure I give Fistful of Bourbon a fair shot.
1: This is the rubber match of the three-game <laughs> series.
0: It is, except the team like lost both the first two games, so you're kind of wondering why are they doing a third game? But they just want to double-check uh huh. Yeah. And unfortunately they also lost the third game. So I'm sorry. Fistful of bourbon. You're getting the boots. You got swept. Yeah. It just doesn't have like, if it's going to be that, if it's going to be a bourbon, I, I just want it to have just a little warmth to it, a little more body to it. It, and it's, it's very shallow and, yeah, it's kind of, kind of a weird like carbonation slash maybe slightly metallic taste. It's mm-hmm. not great.
1: That's no good. Is it even mix worthy? Do you think like a bourbon and Coke with that would it be?
0: Any good? I think it would be okay mixed, like good enough. And I, I'm pretty okay. sure that's what I'll be doing with the rest of it because it is like relatively innocuous. There's no particular taste in there that's like so bad. Okay. Uh, so I think it's okay for that. Other than that, I can't really recommend this full of bourbon. Oh, well, uh, can't, can't win them all, I guess. Nope. Uh, all right. Let's get back to talking about baseball. How far back in time do your memories go? Like when did you first become a white Sox fan?
1: Oh, I, I grew up a white Sox fan. Like as early as I can remember, my dad was a hardcore white Sox fan. Um, when I was, first remembering watching baseball games with him. It was like right when Frank Thomas was a rookie. That mm. so was just like perfect time because he was like my favorite player as a kid with Robert Ventura. So, but I think as far as like the list goes, the earliest one I have on there is 2005. I didn't go before that. Like, that, I mean, and if you think about the white Sox history, it's probably for good reason, but
0: um, that is interesting though, that you didn't go further back than that. I mean,
1: yeah, I have all pretty modern ones.
0: Yeah. I was thinking like, I really like Frank Thomas a lot. We both had in both baseball and basketball, really cool stars to grow up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the Mariners had Ken Griffey Jr. uh, When I was starting to watch them. And then the bulls, of course, you had Michael Jordan and the Sonics had Sean Kemp, like very fun players. I think you were going to say BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong, the Sonics had Vincent Askew. Mm Mm-hmm very fun players. Mm-hmm. The Bulls had Judd Bushler, the Sonics <laughs> had David Wingate, very
1: Ooh. fun players. Also, also uh, had a good run on the on the Charlotte Hornets, I believe. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. I can't forget about that. Mm-hmm. Uh all right, so what we're talking about again, it's our top 5 moments from baseball fandom. And, you know, play along with us. You, you might not be a fan of either the Mariners or the White Sox, but but think about your team, your hometown team, and and really what got you to be a fan of them. So, without further ado, these are our top five moments of baseball fandom. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. Okay, my number five is from, I was trying to think. This is not the most recent one. I was double-checking. It's right in the middle. This is from 2004, and it's Ichiro's 257th hit to break the single-season hits record. Uh, It was toward the start of a really long set of futility for the Mariners, but I love Ichiro as a player. Just such a joy to watch. Uh, It's not the first, it's not the only time I'm going to be talking about him on this list uh but to watch him break that record I, I think was especially cool and then he tacked on five more to end the season
1: love Ichiro. i still have a picture of him hanging just over here out of the view of the camera so he's a even though i'm a white Sox fan he's one of my favorite all-time athletes not just baseball players
0: yeah Uh i'll have more to say later but ichiro so happy that the mariners had him for as long as they did mm-hmm. all right what's your number five
1: my number five is, uh, it features a person who is, on, is all over my list, so maybe is my favorite Ooh. player ever, and I didn't even know that. Um, he is not anywhere near the athlete of Ichiro, but he was very coordinated and crafty, and it was um, in full display on April 5th, 2010, very early in that season. Mark Burley uh, did that insane uh, play along the first baseline where he like was falling down and flipped... The ball between his legs to Paul Canerco who caught it barehanded to get a guy out. And it's one of the still to this day, one of the greatest plays I've ever seen.
0: It is so amazing. And I, I don't remember if it was sports center or what, but I just saw a highlight of that play last week. It was an unreal play.
1: Yeah. Mark Burley was listed six-two-two forty. looks like he definitely enjoys drinking some beers on the weekend. Like, very regular, normal-looking guy. But he could do some crazy stuff with his glove. Like, he was an amazing defensive pitcher.
0: Because for, if I'm remembering it correctly, the ball went up the middle, more or less. Did he hit it with his glove or his foot?
1: It hit his foot and ricocheted
0: yeah and then he went to chase it down and then did that
1: yes you're right it ricocheted off his foot because they came out the the um trainer came out after i forgot about that the trainer comes out to check on him and he's just like laughing but yeah (laughs) ricocheted off his foot and then he ran like into foul territory basically and flipped it in one motion and the fact that can caught it barehanded is insane
0: too yeah that play was freaking incredible
1: unbelievable I it's still like I watch a replay of it and you can just hear like the shock in the audience like how did that just happen like unbelievable unbelievable play
0: yeah uh great number 5 uh I love I just love Mark Burley as a pitcher I love how quickly he works I mean basically baseball said this season finally we want all of our pitchers to be like Mark Burley let us speed that game up
1: instead of pitch clocks, they should have just had him pitch every game for every
0: game. Yeah. I will say I haven't watched a ton of games so far this year yet, but um, I think it's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it seems to realistic. be working. Yeah. All right. My number four is in 2019, Edgar Martinez in his 10th year of eligibility 10th and final year. If people know how the hall of fame works, made the hall of fame yeah i was so worried because he was basically a career dh that that would be held against him even though dh is a position in baseball folks why would you hold that against him he in any other way deserved it lifetime 312 average 418 on base percentage and just a mountain of great memories uh probably my favorite all-time Mariner like it's tough it's tight at the top uh but I love Edgar I'm so happy he made the Hall of Fame well deserved and uh I that it took 10 years was too bad but that I'm I'm glad he's in it so that's my number four
1: yeah he was one of the best like pure hitters and whenever you were playing the Mariners if he was up in a clutch situation it's just like not not a good feeling because he could just Take any pitch, it seemed, and turn it into like a line drive into the
0: gap. So, oh, yeah. All right. What's your number four?
1: My number four is also um, another like sneaky favorite player of mine. Um, he did not have a great body of work statistically, but he just was like one of the most most clutch players I can remember. Um, Joe Creedy hit a home run in the end of the regular season in the year they won the World Series. He had two home runs actually off of, um, against Cleveland in a game that they, Cleveland had like stormed back into the race and the Sox were only up by like a half game after like dominating all year. And everybody's like, oh, here we go again. They're going to blow it. And then they played the, they played Cleveland and Joe Creedy hit a home run to tie the game in like the third inning, two to two. And then in the 10th inning, just crushed a home run to win the game. And he always looked like it was no big deal. He would just take this massive swing and it would be like a no doubt you know, 15th row home run and he would just run the bases like nothing happened. And he did that so many times, but that one specifically was amazing.
0: I kind of had forgotten about Joe Creedy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, His but, career was cut
1: short by back injuries, but he was a great defensive player and like very clutch hitter.
0: Totally. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a great one. All right. My number three is probably going to upset you a little bit. But I have to go. With oh, I know anyway. what it is now. <laughs> but just because it was, I'm not a Cubs fan. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I went to a few Cubs games, probably went to more White Sox games than Cubs games, but I don't think the differentiation is huge. But 2016, we were at a bar watching the game, a, a really packed bar. It was hard to find a bar that you could even get into, uh, but this one we found our way into. I remember there was that rain delay and at some point in the rain delay, Maggie was saying, hey, if this isn't over in five minutes or whatever it is, we're going home. And I just remember in that moment saying like, we definitely are not uh, because <laughs> you don't want to go home early for game seven of like, what would be just a monumental thing. The Cubs win. And i just remember in the streets and we were we weren't in wrigleyville we were kind of close-ish to wrigleyville but people just like honking their horns going by on their bikes for high fives the city was so at least the north side of the city was so happy i have not seen anything like that the whiplash from like three or four days later when trump was elected was crazy but oh my God, that's right. It was like right next to each other. It was like right next to each other. Oh, that was the quietest day I've ever seen at downtown Chicago it was that yeah. morning after, uh, but anyway, take it back to the Cubs winning. It was just the, up until the very last moment. I think it felt so unbelievable that they could possibly win. And then they did it. Yeah.
1: By the way, this is not upsetting to me. I thought you were going to say that in 2000, when the Mariners trounced the socks in the
0: playoffs, but no, this I was, was mad good. about that because I had tickets to game four. Oh, yeah. I was like, geez, White Sox, win a game, please. Yeah, come on, you failures. James <laughs>
1: yeah. James Baldwin is your <laughs> ace. What is wrong with
0: you? <laughs> uh, all right. What's your number three?
1: My number three is um, the blackout game. It's known as September 30th, 2008. It was a one game playoff to decide the division between the twins and the Sox at U.S. Southern field and everybody wore black. It looked awesome. It was a, like, I think it was a one to nothing game and or a, maybe it was tied zero to zero still in like the seventh or eighth inning. Uh, and Jim Tomey came up against Nick Blackburn who had been dealing the whole game and just absolutely annihilated the ball to dead center field. It went If you know that how that center field fences, there's that big like garden section. It was like way over that. Just absolutely a moonshot, like only Jim Toby could do, and it was the loudest I've ever heard. One of the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. They just erupted, and everybody had the black on. It's so
0: awesome. Why did they – why was it the blackout game?
1: They, they put out there that they wanted to – it was like an attempt at intimidation. They were like, we want everyone in the stands to wear black, because they hate, the White Sox hate the Twins. So it was just yeah. like, let's let's just pack the stadium and make it look really weird.
0: And it was and, a great marketing move.
1: Yeah. And it looks awesome. If you like look up a video of that, it, not only for the home run, which is a, it's a bomb. But yeah, it was. And the best part about that is everybody loved Jim Tomey. So when he comes around and like rounds the bases, everybody's just like smiling from ear to ear, like giving him all these huge hugs and high fives. It's great.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I do want to look up some clips of that. I, I know I've seen it, uh, but that's just like a great idea. Yeah. I love a brilliant marketing move. Hmm. Uh, okay, my number two, my number two, kind of encapsulates all of the 2001 Mariner season, and there's so many things to love about that. It's well, one that they had 116 wins is crazy. It was Ichiro's rookie year. Um, it, I mean, I loved watching that team win streak after win streak. But the one moment I want to choose from it, uh, is actually happened. I think about two weeks in as it was also a couple of weeks into Ichiro's rookie season and he was already hitting. Well, people knew how good he was, at least on the offensive side, his throw, uh, and this was against the A's uh, to get out Terrence long, who was rounding second, going into third, on kind of a, a slow single. Ichiro threw it on just a perfect line. Sometimes they call it the Star Wars throw and uh, Terrence Long was out at third. It is like one of the most beautiful throws you could ever see from right field to third base right on the money. And that was the moment that not not only knew that the Mariners were for real that year, but that Ichiro was going to be and have an amazing career.
1: That, that is another one of those like iconic, like I can watch replays of that. It's just unbelievable to see somebody throw a baseball
0: like that. What's crazy about it. Is it the ball stays low the whole time, but it's never, it never hops or anything. It is just a flat out 200 foot strike.
1: That was somebody who already could do like, who already had the best arm probably of outfielders that's like in golf you can like get your you can like groove your swing perfectly and you know you hit it it's almost like baseball when you don't feel the contact i feel like his mechanics were just so perfect that he like launched it at the perfect angle it's like a once in a lifetime thing yeah but you know can i tell you something really funny who had who do you think had the most war on that 2001
0: mariners team is it gonna be somebody like really surprising
1: No, you would not that. It's just like it surprised me because I haven't thought about it in a long time. But it was like by a good margin. He had a monster year. Brett Boone? Yep. Yeah. Almost eight wins above replacement. He had like 37, what does it say, 37 home runs, 141 RBI. That's insane.
0: Well, what I do remember about that year, and Brett Boone was definitely taking steroids. uh, Well, yeah. But whatever. But he hit fifth in the Mariners lineup and hit fourth in the All-Star game. (laughs) <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: That's amazing.
0: And the all-star, what I also loved about this season is the all-star game was in Seattle. I went to it and it was just. What a great year. for awesome. that. awesome. It yeah. was a great year for the Mariners. Um, man, I wish they would have won the world series that year, but the fucking Yankees, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I do.
0: All right. What's your number two?
1: My number two. Paint the scene, July 23rd, 2009. I had been golfing with Adam Gonzalez at Tuckaway Golf Club in Crete, Illinois. And I come home to um, turn on the TV and the White Sox game is on. And Mark Burley is in the midst of throwing a perfect game against the Rays. And I got to catch the last three innings or so of it. And that's the game where Dwayne Wise made that insane catch in center field to preserve it in the ninth inning where um, I forget who hit it, but somebody hit like a belted shot and he runs up the fence, gets the ball from a, preventing a home run. And then it comes out while he's falling and he juggles it and catches it with his bare hand to preserve a oh. perfect game. I mean, and Hawk Harrelson, who we have talked shit about endlessly on this podcast. He's not a good announcer, but in these insane moments, he does them justice because he, he he said something like he just yells like, whoever it is like, um he I think he said given the circumstances maybe the best catch I've ever seen or something which is probably hyperbole but it's just like that's what you want at that moment and somebody needs to like hype it up.
0: Those those calls that you know are going to be replayed over and over again. It is important that like the the broadcaster can get those right. Mm-hmm. Uh, great number two. My number one is. I feel like it's been the number one of other lists we've done, but it's definitely the 1995 walk-off double. Edgar Martinez hits the double. This is game five of the uh, ALDS against the Yankees. The Mariners lost the first two games of that series, won games three, four, and five. Game five in the Kingdome in Seattle. Again, Edgar hits a double. Ken Griffey Jr. was on first base runs the fastest. I mean, and Ken Griffith Jr is fast, but he runs the fastest I have ever seen him run. He is just floating along the, the base path, slides into home, biggest smile I've ever seen as well. Uh, and the Mariners win. Uh, they go to uh, the ALCS after that. It's the first time they made the playoffs. It's the first time they've gone that far. And it was right in the sweet spot of me being 10 years old I was at the game. The kingdom was so loud. I've never seen anything like that. And it was just an incredible moment.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. And I'm now I'm trying to think, I know it was on top of one of the lists, but I can't remember which one now, but that's a great, I don't know. Great
0: moment. Uh, all right. What's your number one?
1: My number one is kind of a cheat, but it's like, I mean, obviously the Sox won the world series in 2005, um, which I got to celebrate in Chicago because we were in college. So, I remember driving around with everybody like afterwards and seeing like the craziness, even though we were like closer to the North side. Um, But I mean, they won the world series after being pretty, like the Sox aren't the worst franchise. I mean, they've had some success, but they just never did anything in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And the only year they had like a juggernaut team was the strike year. So, I mean, they were just, it seemed like it was never going to happen. And then they just had a perfect storm of like a bunch of pitchers pitching at the top of their, Abilities dominating throughout, like the entire postseason. There was like Scott Podsednik hit a monster home run to win a game, which he never hit home runs. There was all kinds of stuff that happened that just was like, like Juan Uribe was making what like crazy play after crazy play. Mark Burley came into a game after drinking in the bullpen, <laughs> saved a game. So it's, it was just a crazy, crazy postseason and awesome that they won the World Series.
0: Yeah, I, I was so happy for the White Sox. I mean, that's definitely uh one of my honorable mentions, uh the Red Sox winning the World Series the year before after because I, I fucking hate the Yankees. So them doing that in the ALCS against them. I also had Mike Cameron's two thousand two four home run game against the White Sox. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh this I remember this vividly and I just wanted to double check when this was but in the year two thousand the Mariners signed Ricky Henderson uh, he came on like a month and a half into the season or something like that. Maybe a couple of months in and his first two games. And this is 40 year old Ricky Henderson, at least uh, he hit walk or he hit a uh, lead off home runs. And I think I was, I was either at the first game or the second game. And I don't remember, but I was like, man, how was this guy not playing? Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Ricky, uh, Ricky Henderson, super fun player. And he's the kind of guy who would like get caught in a pickle and, and like get out of it. like, Oh yeah. More often than not, uh, he also still stole thirty bases that year. And again, he was over forty. Yeah, it um, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I also I haven't followed it very closely in recent years, but I was the first two World Baseball Classics I followed pretty closely in two thousand six and two thousand nine. Japan won both of them, and both times, uh, especially two thousand six, like Ichiro played a major role in it. And so oh, I yeah. love just watching him on the Japanese team. Yeah, that's really awesome.
1: Because he had such a great career there before he even came here. Yeah. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions? I did. I just had one. Um, the I was at a game in 2005 where Mark Burley had a complete game win over the Mariners that only took 99 minutes.
0: That's 99 minutes. and I, Yeah, so an
1: hour and 39 minute complete game win. For Mark Burley.
0: Yeah, that's like a short movie.
1: Yeah, he was the master of that. There was another one that was in Oakland, I think him versus uh, Mark Mulder, that took like an hour 43. He had like multiple games like that where it was like sub two hours by
0: a healthy margin. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like Moana, the movie, which I've seen now eight times in the last five months, is longer <laughs> than that.
1: You guys should start watching the just video. Just be like, Elena, we're going to watch Mark Burley pitch a game.
0: That would be amazing if that's what she, I mean, like Elena is aware of two television shows and two movies and that like is it. Uh, But if that's what I started doing, I I like Mark Burley. I'd watch some games back. Yeah. Um, Okay. I I'm super happy to go through memory lane and baseball again. I'm like, I'm pretty excited for the season.
1: Yeah. The other thing we did, we talked about the pitch clock. They also made some changes to make stealing bases easier again. And I think people have been stealing like crazy in the first couple of weeks. So that's cool.
0: I like, what that. did they do there? I, 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 don't quite understand the change.
1: I i don't know all of them, but I know one of them is they made second base or they made the bases significantly larger so that
0: that's right.
1: The, so that the, to cut down on injuries, but then it has the added benefit of like, you can slide in and touch
0: the base easier. Mm, okay. I'm Yeah. For that. Uh, yeah. It I like that they're finally him. making some changes in there.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a rookie shortstop for the Yankees. I know we don't like the Yankees, but he's doing this. like They call it a vault lead where he takes his lead and gets a running start. And I guess usually they only do that in like high school and college, but he's doing it in the majors this year and he's not been caught yet. So there's kind of some weird stuff happening.
0: This year. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, folks at home, if you have some favorite baseball memories is, this season gets underway go ahead hit us up whiskey sessions music at gmail.com we will read your email on a future episode but we got to get your emails for this episode so let's get to them these are your emails you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them all right B pimp. what do we got in the old email inbox
1: dear whiskey sessions oh by the way this was in, i think inspired by a recent episode dear whiskey session which term is correct for a person who works the front door of a bar checking IDs? Is it bouncer, doorman, security, meathead, useless, etc.? Please enlighten me. From Sam in Tacoma, Washington.
0: See, I feel like Sam has been kicked out of a couple of bars in his day.
1: I think Sam had some problems.
0: Useless? That's yeah, not useless even a noun.
1: Matter. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I always heard doorman the most, but I think that I, I like bouncer. I think that kind of encapsulates what we're doing.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with either one of those, mm-hmm. um, but meathead, I don't consider myself a meathead and I did. not No, exactly. And you're a vegan, that so that Potter. would be absurd for you to be called that.
1: I'm literally, I'm a veggie head if anything.
0: Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all right. I've got one that says gentlemen, baseball season has begun. Who are your picks for the world series? And this is from Antoine in Levi, Quebec.
1: I am going to say the Tampa Bay Rays and the San Diego Padres.
0: Padres are good. I don't think I disagree with you for the NL, but I, I want to go with the Giants instead. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say Giants and Mariners. I love Mariners it. win in seven.
1: I first World the
0: Series they've ever gone to, and first World Series they'll win.
1: Julio Rodriguez.
0: Yep. Uh, he's going to have four walk-off home runs in the World Series. <laughs> It'll be incredible. First it's time it's ever happened.
1: Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. He'd be immediately in the Hall of Fame and getting a statue. Outside
0: oh, yeah. Uh, all right, folks. Again, if you want to email us, hit us up, whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. We will read your email on a future episode, but that does it for the Baseball preview super app. Uh, we're excited for the season. Uh, I'm happy to see how the how the changes have have helped the game so far. But um, yeah, until next time, be pimp. You got any words of wisdom for our listeners?
1: John Olrude had 4.6 WAR for that 2001 Mariners team.
0: He was really good too. And he wore a helmet in the field. He did. It was because he had some kind of like brain surgery or something, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't brain surgery.
1: But I think it was a brain aneurysm or something where he couldn't risk getting hit in the head with a baseball. I think.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, fun facts from B Pimp. Until next time, this is Amet. Sam, peace out.
1: And B Pimp saying, see you at the ballpark.